Welcome to Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. And now, here's your host, Work Mom. Hello, I'm Lori Jovest, and this is Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot, but you already knew that. So, why am I doing this? I'm doing this podcast because I've spent the last 30 years working in a lot of different places for a lot of different kinds of people, and I'm really in a wonderful, happy place. Um, I've got a laptop lifestyle. I do social media strategy and copywriting, lots of different kinds of clients, compelling work, really awesome people that I get to work with. And I am my goal to buy a cabin in Colorado is on track. So I'm pretty in this happy place. And I think that's how I define success. And while some people would define success as being, you know, the CEO or whatever, that's that's doesn't work for me. And I decided somewhere along the way that I really, really loved working with young people just starting out their careers in their 20s, some even into their 30s, to help them figure out the emotional contact sport that is business. Business requires emotional management skills and relationship building skills, and you've got to be able to keep your cool and think strategically and do all these things. And they don't teach you that in school. They don't teach you that in college, high school. Um, Most of your internships don't teach you that. Nobody talks about it as much as I think they should. You might get some training on, you know, mood management skills and dealing with angry customers if you're in customer service or sales, but you don't get that in the everyday workplace. So I started this podcast, and as I was, you know, it originally started out as a book and wrote the book, had 37 chapters, and it was going to be, you know, Work Mom Says, Don't Be an Idiot, 37 Lessons You Don't Want to Learn the Hard Way, because I've learned all those lessons the hard way. And so I started the podcast instead because the book was just kind of flat. And I decided that one of the reasons I'm able to talk about this so much, and I I got some credibility, I think, is because I have been the idiot. I've been the idiot employee, and I've been the idiot boss. I've been the boss that didn't do right by my staff and caused problems for them and caused problems for customers because of my ego or whatever. I've been the idiot employee, I've been the idiot boss, I've done some really dumb things. And I've learned the hard way what works and what doesn't. So I thought, let's start this podcast, let's invite people I know, work moms, maybe a work dad here or there, and some of the work kids that I've had the privilege of working with. So today in the studio, we have two awesome guests. Um, Brock Goodman is who I call the original work kid. Say hi, Brock. Hello. Hi, Lori. So Brock and I worked together um, at a couple different ad agencies over the last, what, five years, something like that? Four years? Yeah. I don't know. Probably four. Five sounds accurate now that I'm sitting here. Something like that. And we get to see each other every day with this. I I go contract with an agency a couple days a week and... And here we are again, Brock and I hanging out. So I also invited Randy, our audio dude, Randy Stevenson with Stage 3 Audio. (laughs) Audio dude. Our audio dude. Dude. Dude, Dude. yeah. So because Randy will add color. (laughs) He's colorful. Well, thanks for that. He's colorful. So Brock, tell us a little bit, just to set this up, tell us a little bit about what you do you know, where yeah. you are in your work life. Yeah, I am currently an art director at an ad agency. Uh, I have lots of passion projects, as you call them. Uh, yeah, I just was somebody that went to school for art and went to school for illustration specifically and then kind of just fell into different careers. And here I am now. I didn't I didn't know if I would fall into this kind of thing, but I just have a lot of 
projects that I do on the side. And, kind yeah. of feed your passion and then feed yeah. your, your checkbook or yeah. your bank account as well. Definitely. So, Randy, introduce yourself. Oh, what do I do? Who, who uh, are you? Nothing. I, <laughs> what I do is so hard to explain that after all these years, 40-plus years of doing this, people ask me what I do. I just ah, nothing. Audio I, stuff. I do audio stuff. He I'm, a, audio I'm stuff. A, an audio engineer, um, a voiceover talent. Uh, I'm an actor. Yes, yes, you are. Well, your voice is captivating. Oh, <laughs> I am just amazed. Of... My wife says that too. She says, say my name, baby. Oh, oh. No. she loves that. I love it. So today, what our topics are are we're going to talk about personas and side hustles because those are things that come up. And the one that came up um, on LinkedIn for me a couple weeks ago it was a meme, and it said, "Be the same person privately, professionally, and personally." And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. What does that mean? What does that mean to you, Randy? Well, it means being person. consistent. Um, y- your values shouldn't change as your position changes. Um, you should be the same person always. Um, you don't have to be a jerk to be in business. Right. Um, you don't want to be a jerk in your personal life. because bad comes to you. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. And I think bad comes to you professionally as well if you're a jerk. So um, you should always be nice to everyone. So what do you think about the idea of you have your professional personality that you are at the office and you have your, you know, hanging out around the house kind of with your buddies kind of. Are you different in a – what about you, Brock? Are you different in a workplace than you would Um, be out with your friends? I mean, I think I think it's a, a lot like what you're saying is like having a personal integrity and like a moral compass behind what you do or else life is kind of meaningless at a certain point. But uh, I mean, when you're dealing with like an office culture and you're kind of a goofball like me, there's definitely times <laughs> where I have to like, you know, pump the brakes on yeah. the things I want to say or where my brain goes, like being an artist, I'm a complete goofball and uh at work people often say that i don't just cross the line i i leap over it i like run and jump over it (laughs) and i I don't think it's in a way offensive i just i want to you know make people laugh and um i don't know kind of creatively challenge how people think in a way so it's i think i was that way as a business owner as well um goofy yeah, um, yeah it makes the day go over by. The line. But that's what I wanted from everybody else. If you're in a creative environment, mm-hmm. you want people to be just that, to be creative and feel free. Yeah, to be free is a good way to um, put it. You can't, yeah. you know, putting somebody in a box just doesn't make a whole lot of sense in a creative industry. Right. And if your boss does that to you, it's just going to stifle what you do. Yeah, I. it's great yeah. to hear that because it's. I realize that's bits of my personality that like – I'm like, okay, now I have to hide this part of me. Cause, yeah. and, but I know I, I'm not good at it, and then I often feel bad about it. But, but it should be encouraged. Yeah. It shouldn't, be, yeah. it shouldn't have a cap put on it. I mean, yeah. you know, we don't want you out there pulling your pants down or acting a fool. <laughs> Brock, don't do that um, anymore. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. But <laughs> so I take back everything I just... You're right, yeah. I never took my yeah. pants off at work. Yeah, That's should good. try it sometime. <laughs> but 
um, the, the whole point is that you, you know, you, you should be allowed and in fact encouraged to be open and honest and fun and, and fun loving and people will like you more. Yeah. I mean, and it's you just will draw more positivity. It's like relationships you know? really like mm-hmm. it's, right. that's like my natural response to that, you know, is just being like, yeah, you just have a bunch of re- relationships with people and being honest and open. And that's really important for people to encourage that out of you too. And so. as you say, it's it um, it has to f- it should flourish in all areas of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to shut off your personality in any situation, then you're really not yourself, and you're not being true to yourself. Yeah, yeah. And authenticity, I think, in today's business community. Now, I've been in business for a long time. Hey, I remember yeah, me too. John T. Malloy. Do you remember him when the ladies would would put the little bow tie blouses on and the the little skirted suits? And he John he wrote um, what was it? It was. Some, he wrote a book on how to look for work, you know, how oh, to dress okay. for success. Dress for the That's job what you it was. want, not the one you have. It was Dress for Success was the name of the book. And when if you were a woman, when you were at the office, you were on your, you know, on your P's and Q's. I'm reminding your P's and Q's, as my mom would say. You were, like, being really careful about how you presented yourself. And it was different than it is now. I mean, you really did, you know, bring your best self to the office. You don't swear. You don't. You know, you're careful of what you what say. What industry was that in? You know, <laughs> kidding. This, what, was, what this was media. Yeah, this was media. Oh, wow. And it was really interesting because I noticed over the years, I noticed that I kind of take on the perceptions of other what other people have of me, which I didn't know I did. You know, and I worked for an ad agency oh, for a while. So? And I was like older than everybody else. And I put, I kind of thought, oh, they must think I'm older than them. And I had this idea that I had to, you know, kind of hide who I was because I'm goofy and I get silly. And I felt like they would judge me as that silly old lady. (laughs) You know, I did. And so I kind of held that part of myself back. And I didn't with you, Brock, because Brock and I worked together there. It's so funny because I just picture – because other coworkers were like, oh, Lori's so great. And I got to know you because we really started at the same time at your second stint there. Yeah. So it's starting to make a lot of sense why we got along because I didn't. I just thought like you were just unapologetically you all the time. Oh no! So I'm I, more I feel me than like kind of now. kind of blessed <laughs> that I got to see that because well, I had no idea. And there's certain people that you're comfortable with and certain people that you're not. And you know, it's it was so interesting to me that I you know I feel like I kind of act accordingly with who I work for. Like I worked for a gentleman that Randy knows. Um, who was very Catholic, and my language changed. I didn't. I didn't use the f word. Now I throw them around like bombs. I just drop it everywhere. I'm terrible. You've still heard me. Oh yeah, I'm gonna you know, try where hard to. There was eleven years here. there where I wouldn't say the f word at the office, right? I mean, uh, you yeah. remember that? I was just very yeah. And he was the owner of the company, and I represented the company, and I kind of shaped my work persona around that company. And it, it's so funny now, you know, fast forward eight years or however long it's been since I left that job and a cancer diagnosis because I've gone through cancer treatment. And my, I think authenticity is so important now. And I look at that yeah. experience and go, I probably should never have stayed there because it wasn't really a fit. If mm-hmm. I had to mold myself to be something different than who I am, which I did, you know, and you'll find yourself, younger women especially, maybe not guys, oh, I don't I, know, I guys too. I guarantee. Kind yeah. of molding yourself to More who the company, sure. who you think the company wants you to be. And at this phase in my career, I'm more likely to say, find your tribe. 
You know, yeah. if they're making you be somebody different, yeah. find a place where you can really be yourself that really appreciates all your weirdness, you know? Yeah, I've been lucky where I had, um, you know, people in college tell me that, like the find your tribe thing. And that's always, yeah. and like you, you kind of put that on the back burner. It's like, Oh yeah, in an idealistic world for sure. But then the in this industry, you hop around so much, you will start to find those people, and like you may might be like the first like member of the tribe that I found really. <laughs> yeah. So like it's it's just definitely a bit of um, wisdom that I would hold on to. Yeah, it's very it's so interesting when you find and a lot of times you don't recognize you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, you might just feel uncomfortable, you know, at the office. And I felt really uncomfortable a lot of days, but I'm glad you're encouraging people now to do to be that person to be themselves. Because oh, I yeah. recall <clears throat> forgive me, but I do I do recall as a manager that person for whom you worked um forced you to let that trickle down, not just to you, but to your partners, your employees. Oh, yeah. And I remember there was great grief over that because there was, you know, well, this is, that's not appropriate to wear to work and that's not an appropriate way to act at work. We should be like so, like him. Uh Um, And And man, that place was wound up tired in a snare drum. (laughs) It really was. It was so uptight. And next door, where I was goofing around all the time, I had a bad reputation for being a goofball. And I loved my reputation for being a goofball. What was the video we made about... Um, what oh, the does wazoo. It, up, what does it mean <laughs> to say something is up the wazoo? Or out oh, And wazoo, is it up yeah. the wazoo or out the wazoo? So we made this whole video about it. It was it really was funny, Brock. I'll, so I'll send you a link. Yeah. funny. <laughs> And he wouldn't let us release it because Aww. it said wazoo and, you know. Oh, my God. And it talked about butts. <laughs> and one of my guys, one of my I one of the engineers. I am shocked. One of the engineers that worked for me said, man, I've te- seen Randy take it up the wazoo a million times in this business. And that was like the funniest part of the video. I put it out there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was not received very well for that either. But Aww. it was half my. It was a riot. And it was, you know, the, the thing about personas, again, personas. There's a side of that that I really think we should give a little bit of thought to, and that is maybe not your persona, but your behavior. And one of the things that I I do believe that you bring your best self to the office, if I'm in a really shitty mood, I'm going to grab a, a you know Starbucks Nitro and I'm going <laughs> to head on in there with a smile on my face. If it's caffeine driven, that's fine. Yeah. The best part, the best side of me is going to go to work, is going to be with the clients, is going to be with people that are paying me to be there. If you're going to pay me to be there, I'm going to be on my best behavior. I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to say stupid things. I'm still going to laugh when I shouldn't. And I'm still going to sometimes, you know, drop something in the middle of the meeting where everybody's like, what the hell do you mean by that? You know, but don't you feel like that's endearing? I think it's appropriate. I mean, I think sometimes you you need cues, especially with uh, people that aren't as experienced because like, I don't know, some people like more than likely other people feel lost too. Yeah. And like it is like I've never heard the emotional contact sport thing and that's so perfect. <laughs> and oh. and like sometimes just like a little bit of solidarity is is great because like you're saying, if it's from the top, just stress all the way down. Like 
Yeah. Someone can be stressed at work and I can feel it in my body and sure. I don't even oh, know absolutely. and I just feel sick. And I think that I think that um, the one last story on this topic, I had an employee. This is the this is what I mean by bringing your best self to the office. I had an employee. God, I love this woman so much. Hired her right out of college. And uh, the first day for the interview, she drove up and this was before there were before SUVs were a thing. She drives up in a gigantic Dodge Ram pickup truck, and she's like <laughs> five six, real slender, blonde ponytail, and I'm just like dying. It's like you drive this huge pickup truck because she had this really bold personality, yeah. and um, and she worked for me, you know, for probably five years, I think, and we just were pals. We were, you know, in lockstep all the time, and something happened. I don't know whether it was her mom or her husband or something. But she starts snapping at me, just snipping, you know, like, well, you know, but I'm not really, I'm not really, when I have an employee, I'm always on their side. I always want them. I look at like servant leadership is how you should lead. That's a good quality. Yeah. That you lead it's from a servant. Like how can, I, how can you make your job better? How can I make your job easier, better, whatever? And she got real snippy and I just like, I got to address this because if you're a boss and because we talk about bosses here too, don't be an idiot and don't have, and, and avoid difficult conversations. So I called my employee into my office and said sit down sit down and I said I and I I'm just going to be real straight here I'm not your I'm not your mom I'm not your sister I'm not your husband and the way you're talking to me lately with a you know a snap in your voice or a you know uh, just a snippy attitude I don't do it to you you can't do it to me it's got to stop okay thanks yeah. she walked away never did it again it was great but it was just an example of, you know, bringing your best self to work. You're being paid to be there. Bring your best self. You right. can still be authentic. You can still be your own self. You can still, during the huddles, you know, say their little silly words that you say to somebody standing next to you to make them laugh, you know, because that's <laughs> that's who you are. That's yeah. what you do, you know. Yeah. So, um, and if, if you're being yourself doesn't work in that environment, then you find another environment, you know. Yeah. Or maybe find goals. another self, huh? Find another self. That could be a little more difficult, Randy. I, I don't think know. So. so the next thing we're going to talk about is our side hustles. Um, Randy had a really interesting interesting perspective on what a side hustle was. What did you say earlier? <laughs> well, well it, hustle to me at you know I'm ninety seven years old. Uh, hustle to no, me only means 75. Oh, you almost look, you, you know great. like you got hustled at a game of pool. You know, you've yeah, been, like you've been you're hustled. kind of like scamming, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I was just I explained to Randy when we were just prepping for this episode that you know you you that's really not the definition it has anymore. And Brock had a really different perspective yeah, on it. I I said uh, that I I think the the word is just funny because I feel like in our generation we're kind of like riddled with so much irony to describe things. But uh, in my parents' generation, everybody had one job their whole career like both of my parents only had one job until you know my mom retired and she has these passion projects that she, one job yeah and that's my dad's like 40 years on the line wow. at gm and he's about to retire knock on wood and uh but like it's the side hustle thing i think comes from like us thinking that you have like one job but like for us, we kind of change jobs every few years and you kind of have to have these passion projects or things that you're continuously getting better at in case one of the things doesn't work out or one teaches you something else at the other. I, th I think that's where it comes from is just like this continuous kind of work ethic that kind of informs all these passion yeah. projects. Yeah, you have. projects or side, you know, side hustles, side yeah. gigs, things that you do that, you yeah. know, that are not your main job. And I... 
I've learned so much from the side hustles I've had. I, I wrote a book with a co-author in that was released in 2009. And we had dreams about what this book was going to be. We got it published by the American Management Association. We were so excited. And it sold. It got some. It got a really, really great review in Publishers Weekly. It sold some copies at the beginning. And we thought, well, we'll do training. We'll do customer service yeah, training. Remember, There's money there. Remember that? I was that? that organic when... I've traveled to to pitch meetings around the country, all this stuff. And um, it just never really made us any money. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't, and I kept hanging on to it and hanging on to it. I hung on to that thing until 2017. And I hired a business coach the year before in 2016 to say, okay, what is this? Is this thing going to be anything? Is this, you know, who's your Gladys? How to turn even the most difficult customer into your biggest fan is the name of the book. It's amazing content. It's such useful, valuable content. Anybody we did training for was just, you know, sung our praises and really valuable work. We really appreciated the the quality of what we did there. And it wasn't making us any money. And so my, my business coach finally, after about a year, says, Lori, this isn't making you any money. Why are you doing this? Well, because I love it and because oh, and I had all these reasons. And it gave me a way to put my what I've learned out into the world, you know, to yeah. help other people and that kind of, you know, thing that you do when you get older. And um, and she finally said, well, how many hours a week are you willing to spend on it to get nothing back? And I actually said, well, I, you know, I could, it takes me about six hours a week probably is what I do now to promote it and try to sell things and on and on. She said, six hours a week for the rest of your life for nothing. And I was like, got it. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, does yeah. it? Yeah. It makes no sense, you yeah. know. And so what my favorite saying here is uh, I figured out that when you're riding a dead horse, the best thing you can do is dismount. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's so, good advice. That's my side hustle advice. I just um, picture you sitting on it for a few weeks, and you're like, are you going to wake up? <laughs> Come on, where's he? Get, get, get up. <sighs> you know? These flies are driving me crazy. <laughs> Come on, Frank. Wake up. Yeah. What's Your horse's name is Frank? Yeah. Okay. Isn't that the one in the commercial His name is Frank? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's a. I think there's another side to that. At least from my perspective, um, I had that a very similar experience with that with my first podcast. Oh yeah, um, and I loved it. Yeah, and I wanted it to make money, but I really didn't care. Yeah. I was putting mm, four or five hours a week tops really yeah um into it and what i was getting back was nothing monetarily but it was this huge creative outlet for me yeah and so in that sense it was very much worth it yeah and then of course i had somebody else say to me well you're not making any money on that why don't you just walk away from it and i (laughs) said well okay and and i was very it made me sad it really did it made me sad to leave it but you know, it wasn't making me any money. Yeah. You so go. you got to have your priorities yeah. straight, for one thing. And I personally advise everybody to have a side hustle. That's just my thing. Now, my first side hustle did not do what I wanted it to do. But I learned so much. And I learned some yeah. really big life lessons from it that were not things that I would have learned in my day-to-day business life. And I, at one point, had to, like, disconnect from a business partnership and that was extremely difficult did i handle it with finesse i tried i did the best i could i look back on it now and go oh god but i learned so much and these huge life lessons from taking a project and birthing it yourself you know and really 
figuring out how to um, you know try to make it what you want it to be. And it, the product and what we made from for that was amazing. It just didn't get us any revenue, and I needed the revenue. So sometimes you do it for passion. Sometimes you do it Sisters for revenue. Sisters got to eat. Yeah, yeah, you got it. But I I love what you said about you know something that really feeds your soul. Hmm. can give you something that maybe you don't get in your nine to five. So I want to ask Brock, one of the reasons Brock is so perfect for this episode is because his side hustles are so interesting. (laughs) Tell us what you do besides your day job. Uh, I run a gallery with some friends, like an artist collective of sorts out of Hamtramck called KO Studio Gallery. Um, Yeah, and we've been at it for... Just over two years, maybe like two and a half years, and um, it's just been like the best. It's taught me like so many like kind of management um, issues and like basically like taught me that like the total DIY ethic of just like if you don't do things yourself, they're not going to happen. So it's, what kind of art are you – what kind of yeah, it's, it's shows a, do you do? It's a lot of um, 2D works, like a lot of painting, a lot of drawing, a lot of printmaking. Um, and a lot of it is an event uh, – like being someone from an art school and another side hustle I used to teach at College for Creative Studies – a lot of the focus is on people who aren't necessarily even trained in the arts, but like we were just, we're just this platform in the community that like um, we want to give artists uh, a place to be able to do anything they want. And you're right in downtown Hamtramck, right? right yeah, there. we're right in downtown yeah. Hamtramck on Joseph Campo. Um, and there's just like, there's a lot of galleries in the scene right now, but I think when we started, there was kind of like, for us, we we didn't see, like, a lot of opportunity for, like, the collective that we were. So we just wanted to try something new and just see what we could do with it. And, yeah, and I'm getting really long-winded about it. But it's, <laughs> well, you're it's, proud of it, obviously. Yeah, no, I'm really, it's, I'm really proud of it. And I feel like I can't, like, I, I want to thank so many people that are a part of it, too. But, um so you're learning just, about teamwork. That's yeah, for sure. it's it's yeah. teamwork, and then realizing that like, I think the big thing of Detroit is if you don't see opportunity, you can make it happen, and yeah, we just want to like you just be open to the community. Right? Yeah, you rented a storefront, and-, and the funny thing is, is I I was running, I was a part of a different studio, and um, we uh, the the collective we were part of, we were like they wanted to get a storefront and we are going to have like a studio space. So I was joining it as an artist that I wanted to paint out of, but um, we all couldn't afford it. Cause like I was in between jobs at the time. So like half of it was like an arcade, which is crazy. And the front was like the gallery and it was like all just so mobile and just like DIY that it was like real gritty and it still yeah, is. But yeah. um, like gritty is good though. Yeah, and we we kind of ran out of programming at some point, and I didn't have a a job at the time, so I took that time to just start curating shows, and like I just kind of booked shows for a full year, and it just taught me all these like kind of management and timing skills, and like organizing all these things, and how to deal with people at events, and like. Mm -hmm. It's a level of professionalism, but keeping it cool so you're not, like, being pretentious and you're really welcoming, but also, like, giving artists a space to just do their thing without, like, really getting 
um, with like no strings attached for them. Nice. Which was really interesting too, because I feel like there isn't many places like that. So we could really let the artists do what they want to do, and we help facilitate, and then we would have these crazy shows, and we've had like, I don't know, like Metro Times has covered some, and it's it's been pretty good. You guys were in the Freep, I think, when you first started, weren't you? Yeah, we've like your we've first had, week there. Or something? Yeah, we've we've had a lot of like little coverage pieces like that, and it's just been awesome. And uh, cool. we should do more like press stuff but we run so fast like the first year we were going we did a show every two weeks because at the time I like didn't have a job for a few months so we were like insane like it was uh it was pretty crazy like I I think we had over 30 events in the first like I want to say like six or seven months. It was it was stupid crazy. Like I <laughs> it was if I yeah if I did that no. <laughs> now I don't think I'd be able to maintain my job. But um. Well, and again, you learn yeah. so much, and now you probably have a pace that's a little more reasonable. Yeah, and it's it's cool too because like it's a side hustle in a way that like it's it keeps me passionate and connected with like people in the community and like that sounds self serving, but it's not the point of it. But it's it's just like the very best perk at the mm-hmm. but you get to see all these people come and like meet and like you kind of see people's friendships get made too and then you see people that like really need like uh kind of like that step up to they like need a, a hand up and yeah and like it's yeah. not like you're even you have a savior complex it's just like you see someone do cool stuff you're just like oh yeah do that well, here they, and yeah. then like you know they end up doing cooler stuff it's like teachable no, moment time yeah. for a teachable <laughs> moment oh <my> sorry <laughs> it's really okay this is a teachable moment another teachable moment that's what i like to call a teachable moment brought to you by work mom says don't be an idiot it's a teachable moment here people <laughs> that it yeah. sounds like you really gotta get out of your side hustle is relationships yeah relationships connections yeah. um meeting people and staying in your passion oh my god area yeah. like staying in that tribe of people and meeting more and more people your side hustle can do that for you and where I, sometimes yeah. your job might not allow you to and i think you know? for me too i mean so like the other side hustle is playing in a band but before getting into that i also taught at college for creative studies while running a, a gallery and having a band and having a full time job, and that's like, why they call I, it a hustle, right? Yeah, and, <laughs> but the thing is, it, done, right? it was all yeah. with the timing too, because like at the time I was in between jobs. I like got a, this teaching gig, and then I realized like you know I like always wanted to teach because like I I like listening and like I like helping people solve problems that like. I had like I wanted to be that person for somebody that I always wish I had because mm-hmm. like I don't feel like I had um, I didn't have much guidance in any of this stuff. I just yeah. tried and failed a lot. So when you see young people doing cool stuff, it's like you just want to see you just want to enrich life with cooler stuff. Yeah, and yeah. like that to me, like I had to stop teaching because I had too much going on. But uh, and I it was mo- ma- mostly because like I. I couldn't give more to students. Like, I yeah. felt like I wasn't... You were kind of wrung out by the time you got there yeah, at the end of the but day. but I always get little yeah. nice notes from students saying how much they enjoyed it. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go back, but yeah. for my sanity and... Yeah. Well, tell us about yeah. your music, your yeah. music passion project. And um, so about the same time starting the gallery, 
I uh, started playing in a band with um, some really close friends of mine, and uh, we're lucky enough to be putting out a short release, a seven inch on Third Man. Oh, cool! Which, yeah, Very cool. Jack White's label. And awesome. um, did yeah. he see you at a at a venue or something? Or how what's did, that? How did you get connected to Jack? Um, we had this. We recorded at High Bias Recording in Corktown um, with this uh, gentleman named Chris Colte. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a really awesome recording studio, and he's worked with like a lot of bands that I love. And um, my the drummer in my band, Shane O'Keefe, runs a bike shop next door in Corktown. It's called Metropolis Cycles. Shout out Metropolis Cycles. Yeah. Um, and it's like right across from like Slows and Astro and all that. And oh, cool. he just happened to be friends with Chris. And um, around that time, uh, like after recording, we just did an interview um, about our, our music. And we were about to play a record release for a bigger band in Detroit called Bars of Gold, who've been around for a while and they're popular. And we knew somebody, I guess, um, at like, I think Metro Times it was, and they were a fan of us. And they kind of, they had this article, I forget the title, but it was kind of like that we were uh, genre defying. Like, we, <laughs> well, I want to hear what that means. We, like, what does we, that mean, we Brock? don't, yeah, I mean, we're like a really noisy punk band. Our singer's a, a non binary person. Like, I, our music kind of rages against a lot of stereotypes and norms in society. And we're all pretty, like, chill people. We're not, like, walking around with, like, leather and spikes, like, trying to, like, make a statement <laughs> about how we look to get attention. But when we play, it's, like, pretty energetic and, like, I think musically different and just like tonally different and it's it's kind of groovy some of it's dancey some of it's really punk and just like really abrasive. Yeah. And um the article's just like a really interesting read by um I think Jeff Milo and it's it was awesome and I think the guy who recorded us uh there's a. I feel like I'm name dropping people. It's oh, crazy. Please. But this guy named uh, Ben Blackwell, who works for Third Man, knows Chris, who recorded us and inquired, and or Chris set it up. One of the two. I don't know. I I try to like keep my head clear and just be creative. <laughs> so they He's got no room in there for memories. Yeah, stuff like, yeah. Stuff like that. Also, because no, I'm on recording, and this is intimidating. Because if I get all this wrong, I look like a total <laughs> asshole. But um, I'll, I'll do what I can. But yeah. I, so I, I just phoned up Jack White, and he was like, "Cool, man." No. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he somehow we got connected in one way or another, and uh, they wanted to put out a short release with us, and I made the album artwork it's gonna come out in december cool. we're gonna awesome. do hopefully a few short tours and uh yeah i gotta take time off and do that so that's awesome yeah but we've like we've been playing like a lot of shows like i we play a few shows a month sometimes that's too much with that and gallery and and full-time job yeah that wants you there by nine nine o'clock yeah that oh. doesn't happen for me yeah i know yeah, it's that's bad hard. but it's hard man I, yeah, I think like, i'm oh. charming enough that i make it <laughs> get away with it yeah i mean i and i think that's it's funny because you guys are talking about like 
I forget the exact wording, but basically saying personal integrity and how you handle yourself creatively during the day and night. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of people in this industry have crazy egos. In advertising? Well, that and even music and art, and it makes me so sick that Mm -hmm. like, even when you ask me like, what are your side, I don't want to tell you until you're (laughs) like, okay, now tell us about it. It's like, and it's, it's not like, any sort of vanity thing for me either. It's just like these are the things that I do that help keep me balanced and I love it. And I'm just very yeah. blessed and lucky that all these things with hard work are starting to like take off in a way. Yeah. And but they're not like really monetary returns yet. It's just that this is what keeps me sane. And yeah. I I guess to come back to the ego thing, if there is any ego that I have, it's that I just want to do everything very, very good. Yeah. To where, like, if I died tomorrow, someone's like, he did all that very good. <laughs> See, I don't know. Except for that last headstock. record, man. That last Not even great. So just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I so just, yours is going to say he did every. He always did everything very, very like, good. Mine's going to say she always tried really hard. What yeah. about yours, Randy? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, I mean, I think. Randy. This is, <laughs> Randy. He was, Randy was here. Randy. But the thing, yeah. the thing is, too, though, with that being said, it's like, I don't. I think it is more trying really hard because it's like I try really hard. I want to do really well. I get upset when it's it's not good, but I I know I try to try the best. Yeah. You know, and I think that the the ego thing is that like I just want to like I want this to be really good, and I yeah. get obsessive. But what do you think about the statement that I've seen a lot of recently that great is the en- is the enemy of done. I've had that told to me actually yeah. at work now. I think it's yeah. the reverse. It's 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 really? worded as the enemy of great. Well, it, I mean, I think that's a really interesting thing because I've yeah. I've had that told to me like recently, and like honestly, I could see it both ways. I me know too. it's a it's a and aerodrome rep. There's Paul yeah, Simon. Paul it's Simon something said, wrapped up in something else. No. Uh, as musical reference, Paul Simon said there are no finished projects, only abandoned ones. Oh, man. oh, I like that. Because like you can, that. especially in music, and you're—I know you're well aware of this. You can go and go. Oh my God, our go. band is crazy. How we write now? Yeah, because we just—we all write together, and it—it's not easy. No, and no, like not. sometimes I feel dead inside because my idea doesn't work, <laughs> or an idea works that I really, really dislike. But I know if I listen and I'm compassionate to the the people that I work with like my like best friends it's like i know i'm gonna like it yeah but it's it's funny because like all these egos come into play too because like that's a very ego statement of like it's it's always you can always work it but then it's like you're kind of working against yourself well you can also work it all the way around to being bad again right oh yeah with writing the subjectivity of all that same way you know drinking till you're sober again Exactly. Well, I've never been able to do that. I have tried Only when I many wake times, up but I've never right, been able exactly, to do that. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's such an interesting thing to talk about because I think um, the the done versus, you know, the great versus done and the good is the enemy of great. And I've had times in my career where I've said, you know, oh, good enough isn't good enough. And, you know, that kind of thing as a, as a vendor to agencies, a creative vendor. And now I'm at the total opposite end of it where I'm like, you know, you can't be afraid, especially with passion projects and your own yeah. your own kind of thing, to put it out there even if it's not quite perfect. Because that's, otherwise that's you can you can make it so 
perfect and you're so worried about perfect that you never release it and it never goes out into and the it world, never happens you know? yeah. and as yeah. a as an artist myself it's like you know that's kind of become on the the back burner because running a gallery and i get a lot of my creative exploration through like if i want to make a band poster or just yeah, drawing yeah. for myself but yeah a lot of it like i don't I could maybe not put out because it's like not perfect. And right. that's that's a real so when I heard that bit of advice to me is really eye opening. Even though it was in context to to work. Right. Where I was too precious with things. Right. Or I tried too hard on things that maybe didn't matter, but I I felt I needed to to feel sane. Yeah. Um, because I just wanted it to look a certain way or good. Right. But um yeah, I think it, I don't think either one's right. It's just so whatever makes you more productive, I guess. You just gotta let it go. Is that what you're trying to yeah. tell me, Lori? Yes, I have to let it go. Have to let yeah. it go. I can't do <laughs> yeah. it. Go. I can't do it. <laughs> so, just a couple more things because I know we're getting long here. But the thing that I find really interesting is when your boss doesn't like that you have a side hustle. <laughs> Anybody have a boss that didn't like their side hustle? I maybe have had a few. I loved my employees' side hustles because, I, you know, I think when you have a team, you should encourage mm-hmm. what lights people up, what what really brings them, you know, joy. Some of the engineers that worked for me were also musicians and toured, um, and you got to let them do it. You got to let the boy boogie woogie. Um, <laughs> yes, I mean, you, you do. do. You 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 can't you can't just say no. You you know, especially when you're in that environment and oh, you're yeah. surrounded by creative people, and you're in a you're in a situation where you can make your own music in you know in this facility, and then to tell them, well, no, you can't go out and 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 enjoy it. That's yeah. crazy talk. Yeah. yeah. So I I let the I let the guys go. Um, that's so yeah. awesome to, yeah. you know, to go out on tour and come back. And, and that's not an easy thing to do as an employer because no. you come to depend on people. But, um, you know, you if you can work. get, if a guy can get 12 weeks of paternity leave in 2019, then they ought to also be able to go out and, and do their side hustle. With, you and know? tour with their band. I and like what is, that. Yeah. 12 right. weeks of band touring. Absolutely. So what's, you know, how can, how do you define what's more important? Right. Yeah. You know, uh, a person's soul, a person's family, or your business, your bottom line. I'm telling you, if you let if you let the people boogie woogie, they will. You'll it will happier. come back to you twelvefold. Yeah, yeah, and really I, will. yeah. yeah I, I agree. It's definitely a new age way of thinking, too. I mean, especially yeah. like having parents that worked in factories. I'm like, would that ever happen? Is that ever a thing? And it's, it gives back me then, hope to think of that, and probably back then, not. No, back then. it would back yeah. then. You would you would be frowned upon. I yeah. mean, they would be your boss would be upset, and actually, there were contracts that people could have you sign to say that you weren't doing anything outside of your work for them. Twenty years ago, thirty years ago, absolutely, yeah. they would have you sign things. Wow! And now you can do it, and but it's still there's still yeah. people in their fifties that are bosses or forty, and they're like, I think mm, it's you a giving great... all your attention to me. It's cool that to hear like people want to embrace the side hustle thing because I mean it just makes you emotionally a better worker. Makes you a more well-rounded person. I, I think, think too. so you because know? I mean yeah. no one can like a lot of young people can't even like really afford to go on vacation and if you want time off to literally just go do some other type of work to just get it out like think of it like that 
you're just taking time off to go do more work. Yeah. So right. then, to then <laughs> right. come back and feel like reset, like it's the work you don't get paid for. That's yeah, the weird part. Like, and honestly, most of the time, I want a day off just to like, like think or paint or like do some like repot my plants. I don't know, like something that's like just laborious because <laughs> yes. like doing the same kind of labor with these like types of people over and over can be really tiring. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we're wrapping up here. Um, I would give one piece of advice. If you're a manager, you're managing people, especially people in their 20s and 30s, embrace the side hustle bosses. Embrace it. It's really um, the stuff that feeds people's souls. Yeah. Yeah. And when you support, if somebody's got a band, go see their band. (laughs) If somebody's got a gallery, go to their gallery. You know, go to the show, um, show some interest and develop that relationship and get to know that employee because your passion yeah, is really, I mean, when I saw your art, I felt like I got to know you a lot better than I did before when yeah. I got to really see your art And don't make people person. feel bad for the things that they love. Oh, Because yeah. then, they, then they're not going to want to be as good of they a worker. They'll resent you. Yeah. And when they yeah. resent you, um, they won't enrich your business. Yeah. And so if you want if you're if That's you really true. want to enrich yourself enrich their lives and go and be part of it and enrich your own exactly yeah get a perspective and also get a perspective on what's going on with you know with the younger people coming into the workplace what do they want yeah. what do they love what are they doing and it's if you feel like you have to have a side hustle then you know as a, as an employer you want to look at what you're paying people <laughs> for sure. one thing. and you don't have to let you them know. sell drugs on the premises you no, really you don't, don't have, have to, to do, do that. that you don't have to go that far it's one <laughs> one hustle i'm far. not willing to give up <laughs> so, <laughs> all right so there we have there you have it there are per, our personas and side yeah. hustles thank you so much brock for being here Thanks. and randy for your color <laughs> Thanks and for your having hey audio. thanks for having yeah. me yeah it's um, awesome maybe so. i'll do this again oh you'll be back okay and brock you'll be back too so Thanks, everybody. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Work Mom Says... Don't be an idiot. For more information, you can email Work Mom at L-O-R-I, workmomsays.com. That's Lori at workmomsays.com. And remember... (sighs) Don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot.